Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, we get into an overview of snaps lost and snaps returning as we head into 2023, year two under Joey McGuire. And we're also getting the underclassmen radar rolling. Some of those guys a little greener behind the years that have got our attention. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to see you again on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. I'm Casey Cowan. He's the only Chris Level. And back at it again, Chris, kicking off another week. And I got to tell you, with each weekend that passes, uh, truly feels like we're getting closer and closer and closer to football fever setting in. Why does it feel that way? Because that's literally what is happening. We're getting closer to fall camp and we're getting closer to season two kickoff under Joey McGuire. And something that we're going to get to today is really kind of on both ends of the roster spectrum, Chris. We're going to kick it off with a conversation about who's coming and going, who's returning, who has departed. And what did they do for you? We'll talk about some of these snap numbers as far as what you have lost or what you have kept heading into 2023. And then we'll get to maybe the portion of the radar that hasn't had that much attention paid to it just yet. We'll talk about some of these young guys, some of these underclassmen. Some might be newcomers, but don't necessarily have to be newcomers that we're excited about. And obviously the Red Raiders really need to make an impact, but Chris, when we talk about, in general, the team overall, the roster overall, we spend a lot of time talking uh, this offseason about how it does feel like um, you've got some real veteran uh, presence on both sides of the football and many different positional groups. And I got to tell you, as I'm looking up and down this list of some of what you are losing as far as snaps played or some of what you have returning as far as snaps played uh, from a season ago, I get excited right off of the bat seeing some offensive linemen uh, at the top of the list. Dennis Wilburn, Caleb Rogers, the two guys at the top of your offensive list as far as snaps returning. Monroe Mills, Jacoby Jackson, not far behind that. But then you also think defensively about your secondary and your defensive front. Uh, when you talk about guys like Dadrian Taylor-Demerson, who's at the top of your defensive list, Rashad Williams, Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford high on that list as well. And look, I know football has changed a lot over the years, but there's some key areas where you can really impact a game, right? Trench work, secondary work, <laughs> and those are a couple of the spots where you do really feel like, hey, you're seasoned, you're old, and you've seen a lot of football in the Big 12 and beyond with some of those guys. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're less than six weeks away now from uh, being uh, in uh, Fort Collins slash Laramie, Wyoming for that uh, for that opener. So I, right. I guess actually, yeah, it, it would we would already know by by now uh, if you're one and zero, zero and one, and be ready. We'd be sitting here talking about Oregon, I guess, in, in about six weeks. So we we got some time left, but uh, yeah, it's it's dwindling, and uh, camp camp starts here in about mm -hmm. I don't know, a week to ten days or so. You know, and, and experience in college athletics is key. But experience in the same system is especially key. Mm. The reason why I think these snap numbers are more prevalent 
th- this year is because you're one of 28 schools, just 28. It's not as many as you'd think that brought back your head coach and both your 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 two coordinators. There's only 28 schools that wow. did that from the offseason. Somebody made it, you know, whether it's the head coach or a coordinator change or whatever, there's only 28 that had a clean sweep there and that brought all those back. So all those snaps – you know, they're they're now in the you know going to be in the same system as they were last year uh, again, and I think that is especially key <clears throat> because you 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 should be better and and a, a bit more in depth with what you can do because you you've played a year in it. Um, I, I've had you know multiple people talk to me about that. I mean, Zach Kitley talked about that back in the spring. It's like okay. Now that we're we're a year in, now we can start to to add some layers to this deal. And your your guys up front, because the the ones that you lost that that are you know in those snap counts, uh, you you did have Donovan Smith, you you did have Trey Cleveland, you did have Weston Wright, and you had Sir Roderick Thompson. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I'm missing anybody else. Donovan, the plan would have been not for him to play because he I don't think he would have won the starting job, and so you wouldn't have ideally would have wanted him to play, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, but he's going to obviously play for Houston now. So Roderick Thompson graduated, so he was not able to return. Weston Wright just simply wants to, you know, he wanted to kind of move on with his life. He'd been uh, been, been in college for a long time, trying to, I think, make a go of it, professional level, and then uh, he's a smart, brilliant kid. Uh, he'll, he'll be just fine. Trey Cleveland would have played a little bit, uh, but – I think that's why you brought in Dre McCray. And so that's kind of a, a wash, if not a net positive for you uh, as Trey Cleveland, I think, ends up going to North Texas. I say all this to point out there's really not anybody of that because, you know, with Weston Wright, you could make the argument you it's a net positive on the football field too because they feel like Dennis Wilburn, who will take over that spot at right guard, is a much better guard than he is a center. And we, we already know we thought he was your best offensive lineman last year. So I, I think that you don't really lose anything, okay? Uh, Sir Roger Thompson is going to be tough. To, he, he wasn't yeah. obviously able to come back. But his his work in the red zone and short yardage and uh, just the ability to get into the end zone, one of the best uh, scorers in, in school history from a football standpoint, but you, you you have a lot of continuity, and I, that's what I'm I'm really pleased with. And I think you have a lot of continuity with your wideouts, and I can only imagine that Tyler and Barron have worked extensively with those guys this summer, even trying to sharpen that up. But you have a lot of continuity up front. Not necessarily at the same spots that you played in. That's what's tricky. All those snaps that, uh, yeah. that we, we, we <laughs> talked about um, for all those offensive linemen, 1,107 for Dennis Wilburn and 1,107 for Caleb Rogers, but not at the spot that they will play this year. For either. You know, yeah. For, for neither one. And so <laughs> I think that's worth – and 856 for Monroe Mills at the spot that he will not play at uh, this year. So I think that is uh, – <laughs> but I will take it. I think that they practiced it a bunch in December – uh, they didn't actually use it uh, in the bowl game, and then they've they've been this way all spring, and they're just experienced, and there's so much versatility there with an offensive line. But I really think your wide receiver group is is one that I don't know if you're getting enough credit uh, for it. I I get it because you don't have like this bonafide 
star or playmaker. I think people think Jerron Bradley could be. Should be. He's kind of emerging into that. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's a lot to like on that side of the ball for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and use the word should because I think he's definitely got the capability. So let's go ahead and put those pieces together. Um, but yeah, right behind those offensive linemen, you've got a pair of wide receivers and Jerron Bradley. And I was kind of surprised to see, even with the up and down year as far as availability and health is concerned, that Miles Price was uh, second right there behind Bradley as far as those pass catchers and the snaps that they played a season ago. I think it's fair to not expect much out of the wide receivers heading into this year. I hope they give us much, <laughs> but the expectation part of it, I think, is fair because last year it was hit or miss. It wasn't consistent. And again, I think it says plenty, Chris, just what I said there, that Miles Price was the second guy on that list, uh, even though he was impacted by injury. I think it says something about, you know, trying to get guys consistently to fill those shoes uh, behind Bradley. And it didn't quite happen. You had some nice moments, you know, here or there, whether it was White or Martinez or Cleveland or whoever we may have been talking about, but sustaining that success. Didn't quite happen. Didn't even happen for Bradley. Had some really high highs. And then you had a week or two that might be strung together where you're thinking, where is the dude? Was he suited up today? <laughs> um, so I think, you know, very, I'm, I'm optimistic about the group, but it's very cautious optimism. If Miles Price is a healthy football player, if Jerron Bradley is a healthy football player, I think you're going to be better than you were a season ago. And it goes without saying that your quarterback availability uh, would impact that as well. You've got more to replace on the defensive side of the football with guys like Muddy Waters, uh, Eldridge, Merriweather, Pearson, Tyree Wilson. You've got guys who are not going to be back who saw a lot of football and played a lot of good football for you. So that'll be a little bit of a different challenge, obviously, there for uh, Tim DeRuiter. But as we said, on the back end and the front end, on that side of the line of scrimmage, you're really led by some veteran experience with guys like Rabbit and obviously Hutchings and and uh, Bradford, Chris, but it almost seems like maybe we we don't still spend enough time on it. I just, I'll do it every time I have the opportunity. Anytime Dennis the Menace Wilburn is uh, going to be mentioned, I'm going to just sit and marvel at the story that he was a season ago. He's at the top of your snaps played list. And yeah, he was your best offensive lineman and also possibly your best offensive player a season ago. You and I have talked about that several times before. It's just... Uh, we thought he was MVP. I know it's one of the more memorable yeah. Texas Tech stories, I think, roster wise or impact wise. We've had it in a long time, man. I don't remember really anything similar to it for quite some time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Dennis is, uh, he checks a lot of boxes. I mean, th this is why I really trust Zach and Tim and Joey when they start to, and, and Coach Blanchard and, and, and everybody that's involved there on, on evaluating players and just trying to fight. Cause like even when you hear, um, some of these walk-on types that are going to come in that maybe turn down scholarships elsewhere that you're thinking, man, I'll worry about that whenever they're, they're, they start to get into the mix in a couple of years. Well, Dennis was was a guy that, that they just wanted depth. They, they thought he could help. And then, you know, I, I just think they struck gold there, man. I right. mean, I, I really – because the offensive line has been something that Joey has talked a, a lot about, and there is some experience there as we, we've been talking about with these snap counts for last year. And it's nice to have a backup like Jacoby Jackson – who maybe is not slated to start, but like what's not listed on the Texas Tech snap count list, how many snaps do you think Cole Spencer and, and Rusty Stats have played in college? 
a gazillion. Yeah. And so, you know, you're, you're replacing, and that's the thing about the defensive conversation, Cowan, is that, you, you know, you mentioned Muddy Waters and Tyree and Reggie Pearson, but you're replacing them. Okay. Not with like, you know, freshmen or sophomores that are, that haven't really played a whole lot here. You're replacing them with Baskerville and Owens uh, Linton, th- these guys that have college experience, that's the beauty of the portal. And that's why I think it, it's really led to, to a lot of, uh, you know, and you're, you're a net positive with, with Braylon Lux coming in over like a guy like Kobe Miner, who you, I think, wanted to kind of grow up and, and, and play with. And he hadn't played a ton here. Braylon Lux has. I mean, he's yep. played a lot at Fresno State. So that's just the difference in the sport these days. And that's why some of this – you know, is not uh, as big of a concern as it used to be, like on experience, because you can replace experience with experience. But I I will say that experience within the same scheme and the same system is just invaluable because it, I mean, 133 Division I schools, I think that's right, uh, the the playing football, maybe a few more as they've added, some have added D1 status, but just 28. 28, that's amazing. It is. I mean, it really is. Hey, and we know know the other side of that coin. You're just making me think about uh, the defensive coordinator run you had, um, you know, last decade where it was six and seven years or seven and six. I don't even know. You're pulling magic tricks as far as how many DCs you could fit into a number of years and And not in a good way. And that's why Keith Patterson, I thought, really started to get some traction with the defense here because mm. he was here. And that's why you see Texas Tech ponying up with these guys and giving them three-year contracts and paying them both right around a million dollars a year. That's my, I guess, thought on the snap count and continuity and, and how important it is. That's the seasoned end of the spectrum. We're going to hit the other side of it. Get your radar rolling. We'll talk about some young guys, some underclassmen we're excited about and some that Texas Tech – needs to make an impact in 2023 next on locked on texas tech first today's episode brought to you by ebay motors and if you want a championship team you need championship parts and they've all got to fit just right and it's no different when it comes to your vehicle every part's got to fit just right and that's where ebay motors is stepping in with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits exactly right the first time Every time, just head on over to ebaymotors.com, add your ride info to the My Garage portal, and look for the green check to know the part is an exact fit or you're getting your money back. No risk in sports or in life, confidence is the name of the game, and that's exactly what you're going to have when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, and with the right parts guaranteed, you'll be back in the game and on the road in no time. So get the right parts, the right fit and at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. (laughs) 
Thanks for joining us once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you got this podcast so you never miss an episode with Chris. I'm Casey. We were just talking about some of that experience that you've got at the top of your list, Chris, on either side of the ball a moment ago, but wanted to turn now to maybe some of the inexperienced angles of this team. Some of the younger guys, some of the underclassmen, there may be a newcomer or two, I suppose, that could be on this list, but it uh, doesn't necessarily have to be that. Uh, but guys that are, are getting our attention uh, at this point, and this is just how good Chris Level is, folks. We haven't even gotten to fall camp. He can already tell you who to be excited about. Uh, <laughs> you're not getting this anywhere else. Imagine what happens when they put on pads. Um, but Chris, we'll get to some of these that really are needed as far as impact is concerned, but who in general so early on um, is already kind of getting your attention as far as guys that could be uh, rising stars in 2023? Well, you, you, we, we all know, and the reason I kind of thought about this as a, as a subject to discuss is because we, we're in the sweet spot right now where everybody is talking about these teams based on what they have back, what they feel like they know about them for sure. And then obviously there's some projection. I really think that this player is going to be good or this unit's going to be good or this this head coach will have it figured out. But so much of it is just based on what you what you think you know. And we know that Texas Tech is going to graduate a lot of folks that a lot of people are familiar with off of this current team. So next year, it's going to be really about the next wave, and that's when you'll start to really see Joey and his staff's recruiting come into play. And, and to a certain extent, how well Matt and Keith and, uh, you know, Cumbie and all that, how well they recruited at the tail end of their tenure because some of those guys are going to be, you know, sophomore, junior range, okay? And so that's where – because it's the next wave because a lot – again, you're going you're gonna to say goodbye to a lot of uh, experienced folks. The COVID stuff will kind of, you know, started to, to go the way of the Buffalo and all those things. So I thought, okay, who on this particular team – are we talking about a year from now and that we feel really good about maybe even so much that we know that they've really emerged and kind of kicked the door in a little bit this year when they maybe don't necessarily have to. Okay. Yeah. On offense, I, I would say, cause I'm going to give you two sophomores here. So okay. they would be juniors next year. I think we'll be, I think one or both were our starters next year for sure. And on offense, we've talked a lot about him, but and he needs to 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 make uh, make some hay here. But it's his time, and I think that Cameron Valdez is that guy on offense. Taj Brooks is going to graduate. I think Cameron Valdez absolutely adds a different dynamic to the offense. I think if he can show that and kind of show some some wiggle or a different style of run uh running that that I think that we're used to seeing I think it, it helps I think that Joey has talked a lot about Sir Roderick and Taj are so same as that we can't wait to see Taj and Cameron not that you wanted to get rid of Sir Roderick uh but <laughs> because they're so different and it, and it will throw off the defense there were you know last year they were used to tackling the same style of runner Okay, one that's not really going to get loose on you, one that's going to be really tough to tackle, uh, one that's gonna that's going to be good in between the tackles, but it's not really a threat to get outside or, or or kind of the one cut and go. And Valdez is that, and so I think it's kind of 
you know, it's a different, you know, different style and it may throw the, it's, it's like, uh, you know, when you, you have the, the starting pitcher that's throwing 101 and then you bring in the, the, just the rubber arm, you know, junk ball reliever and they can't, they can't wait on it. They're used to seeing right. fastball and then they get up to, to the plate and it's like, I can't, I can't wait on it, man. It's like, a, you're <laughs> swinging it, just junk. Um, it's like the guy, the, the guy in major league, man, that had, he had like Barbasol on his, on his hat and he had like, you know, all kinds yeah. of like creams and everything on his shoulder. He was just trying to get everything and, good. And he knew Jesus Christ could hit a curveball. <laughs> That's right. Well, man, my man, Ricky Vaughn, you know, he had the, <laughs> how do we get on the major league? That's my fault. Um, yeah. So that, that's, uh, I, I can go defense as well, but I, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you kind of comment on Cameron Valdez if you want, Cowan. I don't know. Maybe you have somebody different. Well, I just, I, I like to hear that. I, I don't know what to make of Valdez or where he should be uh, as far as, you know, the timeliness of, all right, it's time for you to take the next step. I mean, kind of the, just the way I was talking about Bradley, I guess, uh, a few minutes ago. And we talked about Bradley in, you know, heading into 2022 that way. A little grace there because of the quarterback experience of 2022. But um, I, I just didn't know where you would find a guy like Valdez as far as the timeline is concerned. But I'll tell you, just wanting to be greedy as a Texas Tech fan, the flashes that we have seen previously leave me wanting to see a hell of a lot more. So I, I hope that is going to be the case. And yeah, I'm trying to think back. Uh, I don't know if you got anything off the top of your head. The, the last time you kind of had uh, this variety of compliment as far as ball carriers are concerned, where you had uh, such a, I guess, dramatically different kind of skill set. I may be missing something obvious, but I've gotten so used to the the Thompson and Brooks show which is a black and blue show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when you've maybe had something to compare it to as far as, I don't want to get into the old cliche, but why not uh, the thunder and lightning kind of combination? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, Baron Batch, Shannon Woods uh, were, were kind of similar to this group and that Shannon was more of a, I don't, he wasn't more of a, a bruiser. He was more of a get out and, and run. He wasn't a burner, but, but Baron Batch was, you know, he was looking to punish you. He was, but he also had some speed to, to go with it. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, I have to go back and think about some of the, you know, and, and we're talking about uh, sophomores that take the next step. I, I realize you know, somebody will likely point this out. I want to realize that just, this was a, a too much of a layup that it goes without saying that I'd love to see, uh, you know, Baron Morton be the uh, guy that emerges, uh, but I—that's I, I, an obvious. So I sure. just pick a position guy that would play some this year that will really, I think, impact and take a next step. But yeah, you want you want Baron Morton to do that next year, as he'll be, uh, I guess, already a junior next year, which is crazy. And and you know, you know who somebody I thought about? He is off the radar. You know who somebody I thought about? He is off the radar. I I I don't. I think he will factor in some this year. I think he's got a chance to be a, a surprise kind of like, whoa, kind of kind of guy. And I thought he really did well in the spring and he got dinged up and then he missed the tail end of spring. But this is somebody that played some as a true freshman last year that I know Zach Kitley was extremely high on. And, and it just kind of, I think the the game was moving a bit too fast for him. And that, that's Koy Aiken, uh, the, the young man out of Stephenville, hmm. who's bigger than everybody realizes. I mean, this is a this is a 6'2", 6'3", kid, and he's he's the one that I think led the state in receiving yards and receptions and all these things. 
he's just a really good football player. And, you know, I think they, they would tell you there were times in the spring where he was just lighting it up and he was on the same page with Tyler and Barron and really kind of had figured it out a bit. And then he got, he got dinged up and missed the latter part of the spring, but it's not going to surprise me, even with all these returners at wideout, if he, if he gets a chance, if he kind of makes some noise to where you're like, forgot he was there. I didn't realize he was still on the team or he's on the team or who's this new kid. You know, you know, I mean, cause it's, it's hard to remember all these names. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it'll still take some time. I was wondering if I could throw this group at you. Cause I was, I, if I could guess at some names that might be here today, I thought maybe there'd be one of uh, this group, which is something like uh, Dingle, Horn, Sanford, Lewis, which kind of sounds like an elementary ground playground insult. You Dingle, Horn, Sanford, Lewis. What do you think? Because <laughs> I, I, you've mentioned some of those names before this offseason. Some of that was prior to some secondary addition, so that might have changed it for guys like Chapman Lewis or maybe uh, Jordan Sanford or Brendan Jordan. Um, but any of those guys on your radar for these same reasons? I know some of those are very, very young, obviously being freshmen. Yeah, and and, and we're moving to defense here. And so I'm going to give you another name of a current sophomore. Okay. Because I think he's absolutely a starter next year. And I think I, I was giving the examples of and saying, like, what about Koy Aiken? Like, because I think last year there were people like, who is this kid? And he starts showing up. And I think he had a, maybe a number change. And he didn't play the bulk of the year, but he played at the tail end. And he just lit it up, and then he get hurt. He got hurt in the bowl game. That's Isaac Smith. Hmm. Isaac Smith is, you know, a sophomore this year. He it, this is the way that this is supposed to work. He he was able to come here, red shirt, kind of started to get his uh, feet wet a little bit, and and he started to play some as a sophomore. And I think next year, well, he will play some as a sophomore this year, and the next year as a as a junior, I think he's he's probably a starter. He's the he's the one that was just running around like big time motor, and and I think he's taller than people thought he was because he's like six three six four, and he's got you know I I, I kept telling you whenever you you'd, you'd be around this program in the spring. He, he he was the one that got hurt in the bowl game because the the old Miss offensive lineman that was just playing really dirty basically just stomped on his hip. Like after a play was over and Isaac was just running around crazy, this guy, this offensive lineman, this tackle gets him in a compromised position and then just stomps on his hip. And everybody on the sideline is screaming at the official like, where you know, and they never yeah. saw it. No flag. It's ridiculous. Well, he needed to get surgery on it. Uh, I don't know if it was hip flexor or hip or something. It, it was semi-minor. But it did it did cost him his spring. However, when I was out there, and and you you would be out there in media settings, and he'd walk out there, and he's just he's just gotten so big. Um, I, I I was joking that if they sold his arms in the store, I would save money to go purchase them because uh, and and get rid of these bad boys and hook up his young guns because they it, it was a it, just a big dude, man. Six six I mean, two forty is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I said six three. He he's just a he's he's basically you know taller than me, and I'm I'm about six five. <laughs> so I just think I just think he's a he's as big a reason as any. On and we can call him outside linebacker. We can call him defensive end. Doesn't really matter. It's all kind of in, in some ways the same. Yeah. He's as big a reason as any is why I think Joey kind of talks about. I feel like our defensive line may be better than it was last year. Uh, because it's it's that next wave, the Harvey Dysons, the Bankses, the 
you know, Burtis is the on and on, but Isaac Smith belongs in that conversation. And I think he's, uh, I think he's a potential star, if I'm being honest. I think he's a under the radar guy right now that I think people will really be talking about quite a bit at some point this year. And I think uh, as he heads into his junior year next year, I think we're, we're talking and, and we're expecting a lot. And I expect Joey to talk about him a lot. But those are Cameron and uh, Isaac Smith okay. will be my two guys. I like that mention to wrap up the conversation because when you see dude with measurables and we're talking about somebody defensively mm-hmm. that could be a, wreaking some havoc, being a disruptor along that line of scrimmage, uh, would love to have somebody else that we're not maybe all that familiar with right now come out of nowhere and, and kind of take us by surprise. But you won't be surprised if you're watching Locked On Texas Tech because now you know. The pride and joy of Wagner, uh, Oklahoma is what I'm seeing for uh, Mr. Isaac Smith. Is it Wagoneer or Wagner? Is it why I think maybe you're right. It's Wagner. See, this is I'm showing you my no, my uh, I don't speak Oklahoman exactly. I don't don't know my it's lost in translation, (laughs) and I I certainly don't want to irritate anybody that's uh six foot six, 240 from Wagner or Wagoneer, Oklahoma. (laughs) So I think it's my bad. Hey, and and before we get out, Calvin, I know that you, you and I both wanted to. I, I hope, I hope Kim had a great weekend. Um, uh, I hope uh, I hope that we, we've tried to make it right with her and I don't know, try to, you know, just be, be more positive and less embarrassing. So anyway, shout out to I, shout out to Kim on this uh, lovely Monday. Honestly, I didn't think about it once, Kim. I got to be honest. I didn't. <laughs> that, Friday's like a lifetime ago, so I don't even remember those conversations. <laughs> but you hey, can always go yeah. back in the archives and check them out, right? That's right. That's right. And summer, the summer weekends can uh, they could be a marathon now. <laughs> yeah they they can't the, the, the ones in the fall they move a little quicker because we're right we're so in, involved in in what we do but yeah some of these uh summer weekends man they can be like three <laughs> five seven days you know uh so yeah uh not many remaining uh, until we'll be back to doing what we do on those fall weekends so looking forward to getting there with you and thanks once again for making locked on texas tech a part of your day whenever wherever or however you're doing it we appreciate it chris appreciate your time as always man enjoyed it Keep hope alive, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, We're here all week, so uh, stay tuned. That's right. We'll be back on the other side. Hope to see you then for the next round on Locked on Texas Tech. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.